Welcome back to Following Know It on a Stormlight podcast. This is episode 81, and we have five chapters this week and five different point of view characters to, to talk about this week. We have a Navani point of view chapter, which I don't think we've had since the end of Way of Kings, when she was writing the prayer glyph for Dalinar as she got the news that Dalinar and Adolin had fallen. I don't think we've had a point of view from... Navani, maybe we did at the end of Words of Radiance with her archers, Fabrials, maybe, I don't remember. But anyway, we also have more Zeth content, which was first up on our on our chapters to talk about. But before we get there, uh, Elliot, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm really excited to learn so much lately about Skybreakers, as that's the order that I've consistently tested into. We were talking a little bit before we hit record about the, the Knight's order of knights radiance quiz and i actually went back and retook it recently and got the exact same result as i've gotten on multiple occasions before so i apparently am very consistently a skybreaker and want to learn about you know what exactly that means so we get to learn a little bit about that here which is cool cool and paul how are you i'm doing great we have not one but two zeth chapters this week i believe right what was i wrong i think you're wrong i'm wrong we have a Zeth chapter this week. I am excited. I can't wait. Um, very excited. I also retook the Night's Reading quiz recently. I got Windrunner once again, but my other results were pretty different. Instead of like Edge Dancer, Will Shaper, I think was the first time I have like Windrunner, Skybreaker, Stoneward, then Edge Dancer, Will Shaper way down there. So interesting. I don't know what's changed in my life really, but. There we are. So, I guess y'all are rubbing off on me. <laughs> Skybreakerness. You're welcome. Maybe I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, Paul, who's on our mug? Our mug this week. Okay. Daniel. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you so much, Daniel. Daniel is a surgeon, I believe, and uh, a lovely silverish, grayish mug this week there's no flowers on it i'm sorry daniel but uh we really appreciate your support and uh so you're on on this week's mug thank you for supporting us on patreon daniel thank you daniel i'm getting better at actually knowing what tier people are as well i think i I haven't gotten one wrong in a little while i was gonna say i think you might be approaching 50 percent accuracy yeah, I'm probably like 40-ish, 45. Yeah, I started off like 0 for 7, and now I've made my way back up. All right, do we have two words to summarize this episode, uh, Elliot? For for this episode, I've got Law and Justice. Law and Justice, and Paul? Well, we almost, we, we basically have a word in common. I have oh, yeah? Lawful... <laughs> Lawful, yeah, and misconception. Mm. Lawful misconception okay. and law and justice. Let's use these four words and talk about other three. All right, Elliot, let's start with you. I partially picked law and justice because they just kind of sound like they they go together. But 
I do want to talk about both of those concepts as we, we talk about skybreakers in particular. These two don't really tie into the rest of our chapters, maybe a little bit, but the whole concept of the skybreakers seeing their entire mission as enforcing the law to the, the full effect where they even talk about, we'll talk about this more, how their fifth ideal is becoming the law, whatever that means. I think Zeth, Zeth is equally confused by that as, as maybe I am. But then also the concept of justice. So when you're when you're enforcing the law, you're hopefully enforcing justice. But as I want to talk about in this chapter, that can be a little bit dangerous, in my my personal opinion, if that's your only motive. If your motive is... I must enforce justice. I think that can cause some rather cruel and callous acts to be done in the pursuit of justice, right. as we maybe see here in this chapter. So, yeah, uh, interesting fine-tuning, nitpicking around kind of those concepts of law and justice. And I'm curious to see how not only the Skybreakers are applying it now, but how they're supposed to be applying it you know, in their Knight's Radiant orderness. Sounds good. And Paul? Yes. So, um, marbles, I mean, misconception. <laughs> um, misconception, I kind of... It, it goes into a couple points, part of which is with our Dalinar um, flashback chapter. Just kind of... Uh, I feel like there's a lot of misconception or just with Dalinar is viewing himself and, and how he wants to be viewed. There's just a lot of difficult emotions there and stuff and kind of how he wants, I feel like he kind of wants to be hated and there's just kind of a, a lot there. Uh, the other part of misconception is also with our Skybreakers just a little bit on how, uh, um, primarily with the example Nail is set, I feel like there's a lot of a lot of ruthlessness, I guess. So misconception for those reasons, and then lawful also. That's primarily for our skybreakers. I like the point that Elliot brought up about the fifth ideal. I'd like to talk about that um, whenever we kick off, because um, I have some interesting points, I believe. So sounds good. We can. Can actually talk about Skybreakers. We get a fairly, I mean, as far as Brandon Sanderson writing goes, we get a fairly straightforward roadmap to Skybreakers and their ideals in this in this uh, uh, chapter. So that's kind of pretty cool. The second ideal, which is actually spoken at the end of this uh, at the end of this chapter by Zeth, and he reclaims his surge binding abilities, um, which he had back in you know the last two books with his honor blade he he reclaims his uh surge binding after speaking the second ideal which is hold on uh, well the it's explained to him the second ideal is an oath to seek justice seek and administer justice and kai tells him about that and then at the end of the chapter, he says, I swear to seek justice to let it guide me until I find a more perfect ideal. So what are your guys' impressions on his second ideal, just to start? 
I like that we are able to see a very like direct path. We we know the whole path. That that's what I was thinking that I kind of like about the Skybreakers. They just tell you everything. Even Zeth was a little bit confused. He's like, I don't have to like discover this. You're just gonna <laughs> tell me what all the ideals are and we'll get to them whenever it's the right time, right? But, like, I could know what they are. That's kind of different than what we've seen. I feel like others are, like, I don't know. In your moment of when you most need it, you discover it. Like, whatever. Um, so we know all the... We see all the, the Skybreaker ideals. And it's also really cool to see now that he's done the second ideal that he'll be able to surge bind again. I'm very uh, excited to see that. And maybe we'll get to see the... um. What was it? Division? Was that what it was referred to yeah, as? Yeah. The, the like other Skybreaker one? We know that they can do lashings, right? Yes. Um, lashings and Division, so. I'm a little confused by the fact that for the Skybreakers, the Spren doesn't come in until like the third ideal. Isn't that what it is? Right. Mm -hmm. That seems really odd. Because for Kaladin and Shalon, it all started with the Spren. Like that happened before they even swore their first ideals. And so for for the Skybreakers to progress quite a ways before even encountering a Spren seems a little strange, especially because we've we've talked before about how dangerous Zeth was as a wielder of surges without a Spren to guide him. Or right. without a spren, I don't like calling the spren consciences. That they don't. That's not. Doesn't seem like what they really are. It's not like Syl is the you know the good voice inside Kaladin telling him what to do. That that's not really what she is. But at the same time, they are sort of like a balance. They are sort of like a, an influence to help the the radiant progress through their their order, but also to know what they're supposed to be doing. We've seen Syl before kind of call Kaladin out and say, you know, hey man, that's not really in line with what you're supposed to be doing. For our Skybreakers to get all the way to the point where they're wielding the, their surges and not have that guiding spren seems strange. It is. I agree. Because that was a big point we talked about in the first book, right? And probably some of the mm -hmm. second book of, like, does Zeth have a spread that we don't right. know about? Or is it this Oath Stone? Is that why he's kind of crazy? Because he doesn't have a spread and has all this power, right? Um, what I'm also really curious about, so we see very big steps up with the ideals, right? With the first, the first one I actually isn't that big. You just get to become a squire, I guess. Uh, but then, second idea, you use stormlight. Third idea, you bond a high spren. Fourth ideal, we don't. There's not like a power growth, really, is there that we know of, or that we've seen? Not within the context um, of skybreakers, but within the context of knights ready as a whole. You, you, Elliot, you can fill him in. So we recently-ish learned, I think, that fourth ideal is where you're supposed to get your your armor. Wasn't that right? That level. So within within the Knights Radiant, when you swear your fourth ideal, and 
it, with the context that we were given, this was for everybody, like not just a specific order. When you swear your fourth ideal, you get your armor. Okay. That makes sense. That's an upgrade. And something I really wanted to point out that, that I really want to discuss or hear Elliot's thoughts on. So we've, we know Nail is the herald of the Skybreakers, right? Um, we also, they say here that no one has reached the fifth ideal in centuries. So is Nail even at the fifth ideal? Because in my head, I see these ideals and I'm like, okay, Nail is probably there, right? He's the herald. He's been around for probably thousands of years, right? Um, we see, isn't the person that Zeth is talking to, aren't, I don't remember who he's talking to, but aren't he's, they at the fourth ideal? Yes, he's talking to Kai, big... and okay. Kai is explaining about how he did his, so the fourth ideal is between you and your high spread for them. It's different for each Skybreaker, and you make a deal with your high spread of, I'm going to go on this crusade to pursue X justice that you think needs to be done and kai is explaining yeah it took me two or 20 years to go from uh ideal three to ideal four and he said yeah nobody's achieved ideal five before they die in hundreds of years that doesn't mean nail didn't achieve it before that hundred year like span you know what i'm talking about so he he could have been five for thousands of years already okay that that would make sense, but I guess the way I read it, I was confused. I was I read it as like there hasn't been a fifth ideal skybreaker in hundreds of years and stuff, and I I was confused. I was like, so yeah, like what what is Neil is Neil like stuck on the third one or like what <laughs> you know where is he at? But also that being said, we don't have any evidence that heralds have spread as in the traditional Knight's Radiant sense. That's we have true. never seen a Herald talk to their Spren before. They, From our understanding, they get their power from their sword, not from their Spren. I was just going to mention something about that, because we know that Honor Blades work differently. We know that Zeth wielded the Windrunner Honor Blade, and it did not come with the equivalent honor spren right now i'm kind of assuming that the honor blades are still spren but yeah i'm almost wondering if heralds don't progress through these ideals maybe they're a little different where they're not actually on the night radiant path they don't have a spren or perhaps perhaps they don't have a spren and they're just wheeling all of their power based on the honor spren based on the honor blade maybe the honor blade just kind of insta levels you to the highest level of that order and you don't necessarily walk the path maybe there's there's another theory that you could run with in that the day of rec no a harietion where they leave Taln in uh damn damnation and they leave their swords in the stone the nine of them could have killed their spren there and they could have had Spren as their blades before that, and they did their own mini recreants right there, and the nine of them killed their blades then. And so maybe each of the swords 
they were all like you know level five knights radiant or whatever but then they killed their spren there and so the spren is dead but the sword gives that power that would make sense yeah So the the actual action scene of this uh, this chapter, the skybreakers land at this prison break basically, and Zeth is told, "All right, so there's a bunch of convicts within this ten mile radius that they just got out, and the the Reshi who live near here they don't like to kill anybody, so that's why they were all in this prison. But these all these prisoners are have done stuff worthy of death." And so all those skybreaks are like, okay, that this is our test. We're gonna go kill a bunch of criminals as our as our test here. But Zeth isn't completely convinced um, about the the justice here. So he has a couple, he has a conversation back and forth between his his mentor before he actually goes and finds a, a convict to kill. Did you guys pick up anything interesting from that that conversation? I liked that Zeth didn't just immediately assume that, you know, this is the right thing to do. The fact that he, you know, when they say, hey, convicts have escaped, go kill them. He he stays. And I think it mentioned a couple of the other initiates to stay with him, at least at first, to say, now, tell me a little bit more about this. Who are we dealing with here? That was good. As As part of his kind of convincing himself that, yeah, I need to track down these people, he he thinks to himself that he he sort of assumes that the skybreakers wouldn't send him on this mission if these were innocent people. Right. And so he, he, he rationalizes to himself here probably correctly that, yeah, like you said, the, these are assume, you know, murderers or criminals who've done terrible things. Bringing them to justice could be, you know, executing them on the spot. And then that's what they get sent to do. But I'm, I'm still a little bit left with a question of, is that a safe assumption that Zeth is making here? I don't know enough whether we can trust the organization of Skybreakers as a whole to know, are they lawful good, to use your, your wording from the beginning, Paul? Can we for sure trust that they have the best interests here? Or are they maybe a little more broken like Nail, perhaps, where, yes, we have convicted criminals who have escaped. Perhaps the law says we can kill them them but is that the right thing to do i'm not sure it it's just the scene is really important for zeth and that he's using his brain the -hmm. last two books he's had an oath stone and whoever's holding the oath stone at any given time can tell him literally anything to that they want him to do and he will do it and so the the difference it's it's supposed to tell you that zeth is not who he was and that he's actually using his brain and when somebody says, go kill that guy, he's not just doing it because they said so. He's waiting for it to actually make sense in his mind before he goes and does it. Paul, did you have any thoughts there before I go and ramble on something for a little while? Nothing too major. I, I was going to point out what Trevor was saying about uh, I am so happy to see that Zeth is using his brain. Um, he seems to get along really well with the Skybreakers. They even mentioned like I don't remember exactly what it is, but they're telling him about the ideals or something, and he's like, "Oh yeah, no, you did a great job explaining like that makes sense and stuff." I, I don't know. I feel like he's just a really good fit and stuff, and 
although I feel like we've had a awkward view of Skybreakers, I have a lot of hope and faith that Zeth will turn out to be a good Skybreaker. Fingers crossed. That is all. I'm definitely with you on that on that hope. I'm I'm very curious to see where this is going to take Zeth. And I know you have a lot more thoughts on Zeth, so I want to let you you talk about one of your favorite characters in a second. But one thing I thought was really interesting in this chapter that I wanted to mention for sure was was about this kind of Zeth is not who he was and like where he is going with this. There's a little bit where he talks, I think he's talking to Nightblood about his oath stone. And he actually answers some questions that we had way, 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 way back of is the oath stone, you know, magical? Is there an actual like force that's compelling him to obey whoever's holding it? And he says very clearly, no, it's not actually. There was no magic there. It is just a honorable stance that I'm taking. It's a belief that I hold of I have to obey whoever's holding that rock. And I noticed how that like approach, that lifestyle is the exact opposite of what Nightblood is advocating for. Zeth is coming from years of complete 100% obedience, no question for right or for wrong. Whoever holds this oath stone, I'm going to do what they say. And that's like, that's honor. That's what he viewed as the right thing to do was I just, I do what I told. Nightblood is the exact opposite. Nightblood is saying, destroy evil no matter what. I don't care who told you what. I don't care what laws you have to break. I don't care. I don't care about anything. Just take it into your own hands. Don't obey anyone. Just destroy evil. And so Zeth is going from living in this path over here at the Oststone to now the opposite where the voice in his head is constantly telling him to like be impulsive and do all of this stuff like, oh, there's evil. Quick, go kill it, you know, and how so different they are. And I think skybreaker being a skybreaker is probably in the middle of those two perhaps of Oststone and nightblood but i was just really fascinated by the fact that those seem to be complete opposites of what he's going from so very huge change here for zeth it is and i have a couple things that i would like to add one i just want to say like i've always had this kind of running thought or a theory in my head that all of our characters and their friends are definitely like inverses of each other, right? Like Kaladin and Syl, we've seen a lot of like ways they like that Kaladin has benefited from Syl being very different from him, and pretty similar with Pattern. I feel like that's a little more abstract, but still there. I would say, um, and then this also with Zeth and. Nightblood, but where I'm confused in that is Nightblood's just this mysterious sword. I don't think it I don't think Nightblood's a spren. Um maybe from the spiritual realm like we said before, who knows? Um so I don't know, like I, I had this feeling that with the spren being like drawn to a night radiant that there was that connection that, that was supposed to be there, and this was just like Nail gave it gave him the sword. And it is a really cool connection. I like what you were saying, Elliot, and I, I've seen you can see that pretty clearly about like how different Nightblood is from Zeth and everything he's been a part of, all this stuff. So I, I'm a big fan. I'm very glad that they're together as of now. Um, 
because not only is Nightblood offering like a different f- thought element to Zeth, I think Zeth is really good at containing Nightblood because he he's not really like there for any of Nightblood's pleas of oh just go ahead and take me like go ahead and draw me go ahead and draw me Zeth's like no like I was instructed not to unless it was like a last resort. And so I have faith that Zeth wouldn't, because we've seen how staunchly he will stand for a rule. Zeth, Zeth accuses Nightblood in this chapter of being bloodthirsty. And Nightblood's like, no, I'm not really bloodthirsty. I just want to do my job, just like you. You want to do your job. I want to do my job. And Zeth's like, your job is literally kill people. So you are bloodthirsty, <laughs> whether you want to admit it or not. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I know, I think I said before when we first saw that Zeth was going to wield Nightblood that I was terrified of that combo. I'm a little more with you, Paul, here, and I feel a little bit better about it now because Zeth is so disciplined. He's really, he has complete, hmm, maybe I shouldn't use the word complete. He has very good control over himself. He's maybe a little broken. He's maybe a little bit insane, but he's also very disciplined because he held himself to that oath stone for years of no for no other reason than he chose I'm going to obey this and so you're right he actually can resist nightblood really well by just saying nope I'm not going to draw you nope I'm not going to draw you so I I think nightblood would be way more dangerous in some other people's hands but we'll see how this wears on Zeth as it goes I'm also going to be really interested when a spren does enter this equation is is it going to be like zeth in the middle with nightblood on one shoulder and his high spren on the other shoulder you know like telling him what to do it once once there's another voice in the whole equation that's going to get weird it's true i hadn't even thought about that i i've thought about like ooh, i cannot wait to see a, a skybreaker spren but also okay wait 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 maybe that was why nail said like oh he's good to go just straight to the third ideal because he has night blood. Maybe. Maybe. So maybe if if I'm going to, I'm not going to go far down this rabbit hole, but just the only other point with that, maybe if he gets a sprint, maybe that is going to cause a whole host of problems because of both of them, that that's also why he wanted him a fast word. Anyways, that is, that is where my thoughts are right now. Can I get you guys to open the picture I put in the Discord? I will put it on screen for any of our YouTube viewers right now. This is Zeth in the Pure Lake by uh, Lamory. And I really enjoy this this artwork. I I really like the colors with the black cool. night blood on his hip uh, that he's holding like- in his scabbard. I really like this one. I I'm a fan. That's really cool. I agree. I love the style of of this artwork. That is super cool. Well, well done, Lamory. I'm really interested, like, in what the voice of Nightblood would sound like, like in a in a movie or TV adaptation. Like, what kind of a voice do you put behind Nightblood? Like, part of me, part of me wants to put like a a slightly ominous voice on it like destroy evil but then also part of me almost wonders if it's more of like a childish like almost goofy voice behind it i i have no idea what nightblood yeah. would sound like i it's described go, um, go ahead 
at least in this Zeth chapter, it's described as having a neither masculine nor feminine like voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the, I feel like in the audiobook, I didn't really think about this too intently, but off the top of my head, like going off of my general memory, I remember it being honestly not that different from like Hoyd's voice. It could be way off there. This is like going, I'm kind of guesstimating how I remember hearing it. It's kind of along those lines. He's like very uh like formal almost and like oh exquisite, you know, like so I, I, I should I should pull up the, the audiobook and listen to it actually. That's that's a good point. I'm curious what it sounds like in there. I think to answer your question, what it would whenever we get a visual adaptation of Stormlight, it Nightblood is a fairly comic relief character. And so if you go the if you go like the deep, dark like would you like to destroy some evil today? Like if you go that route, then you might just, you know, have another dark character in a dark, yeah. depressing lineup. But if you go, hello, would you like to destroy some evil today? Like you, you have to get that. Whoever does it has to mm-hmm. display the character in that one line. And so whichever direction you go with it, you, you have to establish pretty early, I think. Sorry, that's just what I thought, was thinking about as you pulled up that picture. I'm looking at Nightblood there like, hmm, I wonder what Nightblood sounds like. We get Vasher named, like a name drop of Vasher from Nightblood, which is the most direct uh, reference we've had to anything outside of the Stormlight Archive. Uh, he just talks about Vasher explicitly, so... What were you guys' uh, impressions of that? That and Ravenna. He he's trying to like tempt Zethra. He's like Vasher drew me all the time. Like Vasher used to just always draw me, you know, and we would destroy evil. And he mentions like Vavina never did or something along those lines. But yeah, that was pretty cool to to see like the direct connection. I don't know what that's gonna mean, and Zeth doesn't seem too curious to even know who these people are that Nightblood's mentioning, uh, from what I remember. But it was it was cool to see that. Do you, do you want to? I want to pick apart this a little bit more. Paul, do you realize that that now means that Warbreaker happens before Oathbringer, and your Shalon as Light Song theory might be derailed a little bit? I'm sorry to bring this up, but what? This is the first time I've ever considered that it might be wrong. Let me think. It's not derailed. It's not derailed at all. It's totally possible. There's a lot of crazy things that happen in this like world and universe altogether, right? So it's not it's not out. Like the the theory is not out. Um. So maybe Light Song is Shalant, like like vice versa, like you know. Light song gets reincarnated later on as, Shalon, as instead Shalon. of the other way around. Okay. Like I just yes. had it backwards, which would make sense. But yeah, talking about like before and after and, and timelines. Actually, I was thinking about that too because Nightblood even says like Vivenna carried me for a long time, at, at least a couple of days, and Zeth is like, "Wait, how long have I been carrying you?" And he's like, "Oh, it, for at least an hour." And it like wait, 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 hold on. We know he'd been holding him for at least days. 
Nightblood's concept of time is clearly very skewed here. Yeah, he's like at least an hour or two or three or, or, or 10,000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also really like when uh it might have been in the chapter previous that we talked that Seth but uh Nightblood has a line it's like, "Oh, it's really pretty here." And Seth says, "Wait, you can see?" He's like, "No, but I think it's really pretty here." So <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> In this little name drop crossover bit, there's another name they mention, which is Shashara, right? Which is the... We saw that name back in Warbreaker. That's the original creator of Nightblood, as right. we got explained to us in Warbreaker. And Zeth hears that name, and he thinks of one of the heralds. And he, he names, I think it's a her, as Shalash. Shalash. So Shalash is the light-weaving... Or the the hair of the light weavers. Shalon is actually named after Shalosh. Um That's right. And yes, so that's that's where Zeth's mind jumps to when he hears the name uh, Shashara. Yeah, and so he has an interesting thought of like, oh, was that a herald? Like, is that the origin of Nightblood? It was created by one of the heralds, and that's a really interesting thought or. Here's Zeth making a, a prediction of of something. Maybe that, maybe this say, maybe this is a character that crosses over. Maybe that original creator of Nightblood was one of our heralds. That would be interesting. What if Nightblood was in that circle of nine swords way back in the the prelude? That's possible. I mean, it's even. I mean, think about it this way. We're talking about, you know, when did Warbreaker happen? What if Aharietium happens first? Then somewhere down along the line, Nightblood, who maybe was there, gets transported to the world of Warbreaker. That story happens, and then now is back in Roshar, happening now. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, Trevor, Trevor probably knows. I might allegedly he may i might not though like that could be a continued unanswered question i something that's blowing my mind this is a slight tangent we can go back to talking to zeth we are actually fairly rapidly approaching the point of knowledge that trevor had when we started this podcast true which is pretty crazy pretty soon i i think you've read more cosmere right then besides this you've got some other you know knowledge but as far as like stormlight books in another less than a dozen episodes we're going to be caught up to where trevor was at episode one i book book wise i'm sure there's all this like fandom yes sites and interviews with brandon sanderson and stuff he's watched and everything that is but like we we will have all read to oathbringer which like he had read to oathbringer right that but everything you guys are saying is true the oh what was i gonna say shortly after we started the podcast dawn shard came out the novella before uh rhythm of war so you um and i wouldn't start counting episodes quite yet because uh i've looked ahead and i've talked to i've actually talked to our discord about this in the in the spoiler channels and how i can split part five in episodes 
we will have an episode on one chapter. Oh my. Nice. For your guys's oh for your guys's reference, Paul, the the chapter is almost 2 hours long. One chapter is t- is like 65 pages in the book. It's one chapter. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, that'll be exciting. So we'll we'll be packing quite a bit of material once we uh, we'll be slowing down our our we won't be sl- slowing down our word count. We will be slowing down our chapter count as we approach mm-hmm. the the end of the book here. So I was gonna say, whenever you said there would be an episode of one chapter, I was really sad. I was like, "Are you telling me I'm gonna have to read like a singular chapter and then wait like a week to read more?" But if it's if it's like that long, that'll make sense. So. Wow. Go, well, going back to Zeth real quick, I wanted to say that this chapter here, where we haven't even really talked about like what actually happens in this chapter, but all the <laughs> all the stuff revolving around Zeth and the skybreakers that we're learning here, at the end of this chapter, where he where Zeth does draw Nightblood and ends up killing the 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 warden of the prison yep. which actually was an interesting little twist there of like that was the test was they were looking for will any of the initiates realize that the the one who sent us on this little quest this warden is actually a criminal as well in the way that he's treated these uh these prisoners and so zeth takes him out in very dramatic fashion i was thinking about this chapter if we had not read warbreaker I this would have been probably the most shocking scene in all of Stormlight up to this point. Like I would have just jaw dropped like what in the world just happened if I'd read this scene without having already seen Nightblood do this before in Warbreaker. That is he he draws Nightblood and the warden just evaporates. Like he yeah. he he swings the, he swings Nightblood through him. And he's just gone. There's like it, it describes as shard blades burning the eyes. Nightblood burned the body. Like the body was gone. And like we we've seen some crazy stuff with unmade. We've seen some crazy stuff with odium. We've seen some crazy stuff with shard blades. Like we just know what they can do. But watching this happen as like the for your first experience of Nightblood. I mean, this is a an out of this world experience, even in a crazy world where crazy stuff happens. Right. So I can't imagine reading this without having read Warbreaker, which I would guess a lot of people do. I did. From what it sounds like, yeah. From what it sounds like, Warbreaker is one of the more fringe Cosmere books. And so if you know, if you're like doing research on reading orders and stuff like that, I'm sure a lot of people recommend reading Warbreaker before this. But for a lot of people who just pick up Stormlight and go, I bet this is a pretty shocking chapter. It certainly was for me. I was like, "What? Like, yeah. what? What?" The I want to highlight the order that this that the end of the chapter happens here. Zeth was instructed not to wield Nightblood without Stormlight. Zeth, when he pulls Zeth Nightblood out out of anger against this warden, he has not said the second ideal yet. He does not have Stormlight with him when he draws Nightblood. Quickly kills the warden with it. It it describes this like his arms like burning. 
and then he quickly sheathes it, and then he says the second ideal, and he re- regains his uh, he great regains his stormlight. So he drew Nightblood without stormlight and survived. Nice, impressive. Way to go, Zeph. I mean, I guess whenever your soul is a little bit separated from your body, like you can kind of do some crazy things. <laughs> the five second rule takes a little bit to get to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, anything else on Zeth and Nightblood before we move on into this episode? So the only thing is, so after after he sheaths the sword, and I believe after he says the second ideal, he makes a comment to Kai, I believe. If he's still talking to Kai. Um, and he's like, I'm really thirsty. <laughs> I I believe that's what he says. Like, can I get some water? I'm really thirsty. And my thought was, maybe Zeth is related to Lyft. But instead of needing food for Stormlight, he needs water. He, he's the Aquaman version of... Uh, yes. Uh, of Lyft. Yes. Yes, exactly. So he needs so so uh Nightblood was feeding off of his water supply, right? And so now he's very thirsty. Just like Lyft gets very hungry, right, after using Stormlight. So until proven otherwise, I think that should we'll just assume that. So um, So Seth and Lyft are cousins is what you're saying. Like they're uh, yeah they're related. Roughly okay. roughly. Um maybe brother and sister. It could be like a uh, shark boy lava girl kind of thing you know like <laughs> you know uh what so, a reference oh my gosh yeah yeah <laughs> so so i think that's what we will continue to believe for now but also my my thought really i guess it was just to be funny but my thought was like why would brandon sanderson mention that like what's the point i guess it's to just a little one-liner i'm thirsty lol like you, Anyways. You're, ta- you're taking this to a place I had not even considered when I read that line. Like that, that's crazy. Not, not a hundred percent far fetched. Ninety-seven percent far fetched. Yeah, ninety five at least. Yeah. <laughs> but I, when I kind of read that, I just thought of like, oh, that was an exhausting experience. Just that, you know, thirty mm-hmm. seconds of drawing. You know, Nightblood. Trevor mentioned he survived yeah. it without having any stormlight in his body. So he's and probably so a he comes out. Right, sense. he comes out the other side just like drained. But yeah. I don't know. I don't think I can disprove your crazy theory here yet. So <laughs> who knows? Okay. There's one other Zeth thing I wanted to mention, Trevor, before we move on. And yep. There's not, an, there's not enough to really talk about this maybe in detail. So I'll, I'll maybe just kind of drop this and then we can kind of move on. There's a, a little tidbit towards the beginning of this chapter where Zeth is talking to Nightblood. And he says this. I knew a voice like yours once, Sword Nimi. The whispers? No, a single voice in my mind when I was young. Oh, and then he finishes it with, I hope things go better this time. I paused on that because I was like, wait a second. Zeth is telling us that he had a voice in his head not the like whispers or voices of all the people he's killed. That's what, you know, Nightblood's asking. I'm like, oh, the, the whispers, the terrible voice you hear. No, 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 something different. When I was young, I immediately sh- thought of Shalon and how 
pattern was like bonded to her or a part of her life, even when she was young and he, she didn't realize it. Is that what Zeth is is talking about here? Did Zeth have some sort of like spren bond when he was young and had a voice in his head like a long time ago? This is this is popping up a lot of questions, even though this is like three little lines in the chapter, and then they move on. They don't even like spend any more time talking about this. Something I want to bring up now too, related to this, is how did Zeth become truthless and what are the rules there? We get we kind of learned in Words of Radiance that him being truthless had to do with the return of the Knights Radiant. And when he was young, he was claiming that the Knights Radiant were back. The Shin named him Truthless and cursed him with the Oath Stone and the Shard Blade and said, bye-bye. Um, and so basically anybody who holds that Oath Stone, he has to follow. And so when he's being resurrected in these last couple chapters... He has this mental dialogue of Zeth's son, son Valano. No, Zeth's son. No, Zeth of shit. No, I'm just Zeth. You know, like I'm just Zeth. I'm I'm resurrected. I don't have to follow anybody's rules. I'm Zeth. And what brought him to become truthless? What? How did Zeth know that the Knights Radiant were returning? Was he becoming one himself, and that's how he knew? Like, what were? What's the context there? And I'm thinking along those same lines too. Of it was that Spren like telling him about, you know, hey, this is coming. We need to, you know, get better at this. Kind of like how I think Lyft and Windle like kind of have conversations where Windle's like, you know, hey, we're actually supposed to be doing productive stuff, you know, right? Lyft, like, <laughs> let's not just go steal, you know, you're supposed to be progressing here. We got big things to do. You know, is that what maybe Zeth was kind of having conversations with his Spren about? This is all conjecture, but but that seems to maybe line up. And then a follow-on question to all of this. Now we're a couple bunny trails in. What happened to that Spren? If he had this bond and he did have a Spren that was talking to him, where's that Spren now? And the only obvious answer I can think of is like, well, if they did give him an honor blade, perhaps of like a completely different order than he was, you know, starting along or even the same one, did that kind of bonding of the honor blade kind of replace that bond of the spren and that spren just left or something like that or like what happened there and that's assuming the voice is a spren i mean we, we jumped Th this is all <laughs> all all based on you know one line in the book here where zeth says hey i used to have a voice in my head so i've realized we're we're a couple limbs out on the tree at this point but some some interesting kind of what ifs spinning around But I think that's right. I mean, like, why else? What other significance would there be for him hearing a voice when he was younger? And then all the events that we know that have happened. It definitely adds up. So I guess we'll find out in book five. Let's go. Probably. All right. Enough on Zeth for now. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about him more later. <laughs> <laughs>